welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now I'm podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about our favorite team of universe hopping heroes. The Exiles. And... Look at that, Luke. Back to the yeah. Exiles, it's only been a couple weeks. Yeah, well, I think the last time we did it was before our time and space hiatus. Yeah, it was. But it hasn't been the months and months like it was before. No, no, though. You know, maybe we'll take another break for a while just because I've got, like, some busy stuff coming up. And And what's uh, that? There's a new Weezer song that just came out today that maybe one of our alternate realities will talk about. <laughs> um, maybe in anticipation for the upcoming eleventh Weezer album. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, we have gotten pretty good feedback on uh, some of those shows, and I could probably use a bit more prep time before we get to number one hundred. Did we number hundo? What were our popular what? episodes, Luke? Uh we had positive feedback some posmins about uh wine tree hill oh that's good and uh just our general concept because i had some ideas that we didn't get to use so you know let's let's get it going so we are still in the world tour arc where the Exiles, whose team has been sort of rebuilding itself partially because of this event, have been going from uh, world to world chasing after Proteus, who is a mutant who has the power to possess other people's bodies. He has an incredible weakness to metal, and he is able to bend reality around him, but the power required to host him ends up burning through all the bodies that he's been in. Mm-hmm. And that's why we lost some of our earlier members, like Mimic, who nobody misses. Well, except that uh, I was on an episode of the podcast The Math of You with Lucas Brown, who you may remember from our New Mutants uh, Exiled special. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was that an actual... Yes... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, no, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I when went Jim on and not, no, no, when Bree could not attend. Yep. Yeah, he was uh, Bill and Gomi. Yes. And. Uh, yeah, it was uh, good times. I talked about some deep, deep emotion, feeling stuff, and also he made a cocktail. Uh, based on my personal taste that he called the Mimic. So, you know, there might be finally a version of the Mimic that I like, and it's an alcoholic drink. Yeah, it's some good podcast. Well, there's also that, what's it called? There's that Pokemon move Mimic. I used to use that sometimes. I guess more comics adjacent. Oh, American I'm sorry. Did, so, did someone bring up alcoholic beverages and being like, "Oh, this is also the same thing." Look at me, I'm losing. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's, but it's, it's the same. A- it's the same. It's named after Mimic, the superhero. 
No, it's not, Luke. Don't lie to me. <laughs> you didn't listen to my interview, so... You're right, I did. You can, you can eat a hundred dicks. Uh, but yeah, we are covering uh, Exiles number 79 through 80, uh, which were written by Tony Bedard with pencils by Paul Pelletier, inks by Rick Magyar, colors by Will Quintana, and letters by Dave Sharp. And let's go over our current team. You name them and I'll explain them. We got the blink. She has the power to make portals. She comes from the Age of Apocalypse and she is mostly the team leader right now. Sabretooth, who is technically more yeah. of team leader because he has the Talus. Yeah, uh, he has some bestial attributes. He was the guy who raised Blink in the Age of Apocalypse and, uh, you know, normally he's the guy who Wolverine doesn't like. Who was first introduced in Iron Fist, coming to Netflix tomorrow. <laughs> I feel sorry for people who took a day off to watch all of that. I'm not taking a day off, but I'm going to marathon a lot of it tomorrow. I'm sorry, Devin. But you know what I'm going to marathon? I'm going to accept that that was a thing that is going to happen. The 24-hour marathon. That's good. The 24-hour sci-fi marathon. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to believe that's still going to be, at the very least, okay. Ah. Uh... I don't know, Arrow never got that level of racist and tone deaf. Also, Arrow. How do you know? Like, you haven't seen the show. I've heard and read a lot of stuff surrounding it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that like to put speculation on things before they see it. When you've got nerdy sites that are criticizing it for not being good... Oh no! For and... this, I'm not. I am not holding my breath. Yeah, but I was reading a lot of things about that new Matt Damon movie about how it was racist because he was playing an Asian man because no one actually took the time to learn the fact that he wasn't actually an Asian man. No, that was dumb. It was dumb. But yeah, let's and get back to the And you're saying that you know better than Zhang Yimou, world-class Chinese director Zhang Yimou. Let's have a podcast no. on Zhang Yimou. Why don't we have a movie podcast? I don't know. Because, like, we see a bunch of movies. We both like getting to see new movies early, especially if it's free. And free, we... free, free, yay. <laughs> and we generally have a lot more to talk about on movies, which our Patreon backers would know. True. I don't know. We could. Mm -hmm. Well... So you could essentially just turn the Patreon thing into a new podcast. I don't know, but if we'd be doing something like that, I'd rather have like a podcast where people would listen to us without needing to pay money. But then that's comes new hosting fees. No, 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 no that's what I'm saying. Stuff. Can't you just tack it on? Do they not work the same way? You mean like set it up as a new reward? No, tack it up or... like just as a new podcast. Well, I'd need to pay for a new feed by uh, okay. Libsyn. Yeah, yeah, that's the kicker. Well, you know, maybe if we take another mini sabbatical leading up to number 100, we'll do a uh, movie-style podcast there we go. on movies. That thing that uh, we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Cinema del Morte. So. Oh, yeah. Morph. Name, yeah. <laughs> uh, Morph is the... 
comedic relief. He is able to transform into anything, and generally he's like a slapstick or background gag type character. He is Duckamuck made into a person. Mm-hmm. Long shot. He is a genetically designed pretty boy who comes from the Mojoverse. His memory has been wiped, so he is pretty much happy-go-lucky, and as long as he's doing things altruistically, he has amazing luck powers. Also, he carries around daggers with him. Attractive C-3PO, a.k.a. No, he is better than C-3PO. Getting his memory wiped all the time. Magical luck. Probably some daggers. (laughs) If C-3PO had a pretty blonde bullet and daggers, C-3PO would be a much better character. Actually, that's basically what the uh, character Triple Zero is. Dude's fucking scared. No... No, because Longshot's not evil. That's true. Have you have you read uh, the Darth Vader series at all? No, but I've I've heard good things, Triple and I've read Dylan great. Todd's reviews. That's what people say. What's it called? Every issue except for the last one is up on Marvel Unlimited. Aside from that, podcast, this podcast is basically what I use Unlimited for is to read all the Star Wars comics. Dun 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 dun. Because you know what, okay. Marvel, you may not, you may drop the ball in some of your ongoing titles, but you have yet to actually drop the ball in Star Wars. Good for you. Mhm. It's like having corporate overseers can be good sometimes. Yeah. Spider-Man well, twenty-nine. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think they said the Princess Leia series was sort of mixed bag. No, I like that one a lot. They could have okay. done more of it. Yeah. Actually, if anything, it was a Chewbacca one was the one that was a mixed bag. Anyway. Spider-Man 2099. Miguel O'Hara, who uh, comes from a alternate version of the Marvel 2099 future. He has future spider powers. Power Princess. Pretty much Wonder Woman from the main version of the Squadron Supreme, who joined well she more of forced her way onto the team the last time to keep track and make sure that they don't mess up things even more heather hudson she used to be a sasquatch and since she lost her powers when they literally took down a god uh she is now stuck back at their base the panopticon or the crystal palace where she is providing tech support probably for the best less likelihood to die mm-hmm and she gets to still feel like she's contributing something to the team. Well, yeah, she is still a very vital member of the team. Yeah. And it shows that she still has gifts even if she does not have superpowers. Such as being the boss of a bunch of weird bug people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we start off with Rick Jones, that guy, hey, look, recapping how... That guy who is uh, recapping how the world was destroyed in a nuclear holocaust and how he survived because in the time he was in Captain Marvel, who was the Phyla Vell version, the daughter of the original Captain Marvel at the time because they had the quantum band thingy where they hit them together and they swapped places. Man, I remember how great that was. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we see that Rick Jones, that guy is talking to the Proteus-possessed version of Hulk 2099, and he wants Hulk 2099 to take down the Maestro, who, as we covered in 
the last episode is a evil dystopian version of the Hulk. With a pretty and, sick beard. Yeah. And it does not make a lot of sense because Rick Jones is very young here. But yeah. timeline wise, this takes place maybe eighty years before Hulk feature imperfect, where yeah. Hulk stops the Maestro, even though he doesn't really stop him. Um so this is like maybe twenty years into Hulk's reign, from what I've gathered. Which I thought was weird because yeah, I didn't think he had become the ruler yet. It's from the not from really... the Future Perfect miniseries. I thought it was like a, a decent amount of time before he finally became like Maestro. No, he'd been ruling for like a hundred years at that point. Yeah. Anyways, Zarda comes in and she starts strong arming her way into the leader into a and she starts strong arming her way into a leadership position on the team and Blink is willing to just let her take over cuz you know a good leader knows when to delegate and to accept new ideas and to accept when maybe you just need to take a break. You know, listen to subordinates and stuff like that. Mhm. And uh Heather lets Zarda know that uh Proteus is now in dystopia where evil Maestro is ruling and he may actually cause Maestro to not be stopped by the Hulk which would disrupt that universe and so Zarda has a plan. Rick ends up bringing Proteus back to his base and shows him his Hulk killing gun that Hulk er, and shows him the Hulk killing gun that Forge had developed but because it's made out of metal Proteus is unable to wield it normally. So Rick wraps it up. Ugh, that guy. Which I like. And how, sends him I like how Rick has it though in this universe. Because well, mostly because it's dumb. Because it was very explicitly stated in Future and Perfect that Maestro was like, "Yeah, fuck that. I have that gun." Yeah, but this is how he gets the gun. I guess it's sort of the pointless explaining of things that we just took for granted. Yeah. It's a prequel problem. I'm yeah. willing to just accept that a magical gun is magically in your possession. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Rick, that guy, wraps it up in a blanket and sends him into town. And, like, Proteus has no problem walking right in, partially because all the townspeople are afraid of seeing the Hulk. And because we find out that the Meister is expecting him. Because the Exiles reached out to him, and I remember first, like, reading this maybe a decade ago, and I was like, that was a damn good idea! Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, weirdly, in the uh, episode of The Math View that I was on, I talked a lot about the Maestro, even before reading it. Like, even before we had covered it, because this was, like, three weeks back that I recorded that podcast. Classic Luke. Mm-hmm. Always talking about the maestro and bathtub toys well, some, and drinking. Sometimes maestro isn't uh, always evil. No, but I would say that he definitely works out a lot better than some other like evil future versions of people. Like I think he works better than uh, I am blanking on the name of uh, evil Adam Warlock. Oh yeah. That's uh, because Magus. that's Magus. Be it's because some of that makes sense as evil future versions mm -hmm. and some of them 
Not really. It's just, oh, uh, the moon shifted, so now I'm evil. Exactly. But Hulk being pissed off that the world had tried to rule him, thinking that he wasn't the brightest tool in the shed, makes more sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he shows up, and Proteus tries to kill the Hulk with a gun. It doesn't work out. And so... Er, Proteus tries to kill the maestro with the gun. It doesn't work out. And then when Proteus tries to go and possess the maestro, it turns out that it was actually Morph. And Morph gets punched out instead. Zarda takes one of Longshot's daggers and tries to use her super strength to make it able to uh, force Proteus's body outside. But instead she throws it into the maestro, which really pisses him off. And like... That doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I get that it was the heat of the moment. But, like, Zarda's supposed to be Wonder Woman level skill. I don't see how she could mix up what green muscular guy she's throwing it into. Because there is a pretty big difference between Maestro and... Well, that was more of my Yeah. From just yeah. from how they look, it's like they don't look anything alike. Yeah, and like... Hulk or uh, Proteus is under the rubble at the time. Yeah, which she should have known. Mm-hmm. Also, again, one of them has facial hair; the other one does not. Yep, one of them is wearing clothes, and the other isn't really. Yeah, not really. And you know, it's always a good sign for a character, Devin. What's that, Luke? A flashback to their origin story. We uh, start the second Nothing issue. Nothing bad ever flat... happens to characters then. Oh. Definitely not. What's it's that, just Merle? like when we learn something about your backstory. Oh, you just got eaten by a walker? Man, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. It's just like when they get a puppy or talk about their girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who's waiting for them back home after the war. Yep. And uh, we find out about more of uh, Kevin Sidney's life, how he was born with powers, how he learned to keep a human shape to basically keep his powers hidden and to keep his family happy. And then as we read way, way back in, like, year one of the podcast, uh, Morph's, mom, Morph's mom died of lung cancer, and his dad got sad. Morph started acting out more and more, so he got shipped off to uh, Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. He ended up graduating with a master's degree in computer engineering. Which, okay, let's talk about that, that for a second, because yeah, I'm yeah. sorry... Xavier's School of Gifted Youngsters, I do not actually believe that you were an accredited institution. Especially for giving out master's degrees. Like, maybe if he was, like, staying there, or if he was doing, like, a University of Phoenix thing. Yeah. But then, I... It would raise some questions about his, uh... Because I honestly question the fact that you can even, like, maintain, like, your high school level diplomas. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I mean, I know some goofballs who did well in school, but I don't necessarily see Morph as the guy who would want to do a master's degree in computer engineering. No, no, no. no. I am not talking about Morph graduating high school. I am talking about the actual institution itself, like, remaining an accredited institution. Well, it is a much more, like, good universe as we've seen in the past. Like, there's less shitty stuff. No, there's still high... But yeah, but I'm, I'm still supposed to believe that it's an accredited institution for the 616 universe, and I've always have found that hard to believe. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Uh, what professor, when he walks through and sees Danger Room, being like, yep, just going to check that off the old gymnasium box. I, I think they just mind wipe people as needed, like in the uh, Wolverine and the X-Men comic. Yeah. Uh, after that, he uh, took... After that, he took over leading the New Mutants before becoming an official X-Men and then an Avenger, and since then, he's been in the pretty much shit show that is being an exile. And, uh... Meister starts fighting the team for accidentally hitting him, which is some bull roar. And when Blink tries to send Meister into space, she ends up sending uh, Sabretooth into space instead, so she has to travel and get him. Classic Sabretooth. Yep. Always the body armor, never the body. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that one doesn't work. And uh, meanwhile, Proteus is starting to get back up. Blink uh, comes back and Maestro attacks her, which sets off Proteus since he has Mimic's old memories from being a garbage boyfriend. And the Hulk start to fight again. Proteus is able to snap Maestro's neck, which paralyzes him. Which is how Maestro has a general idea of how long it takes Hulk to recover from getting his own neck snapped. Wow, look at that. Look at us learning. Uh-huh. And the guards try and help, but they get murdered because of reality because of reality bending powers. So Longshot and Morph jump in to try and uh, fight more and get messed up. Proteus tries to possess Longshot since he's been burning a lot of energy, but the metal implant in his body <laughs> keeps him out. Morph charges again, and Proteus punches Morph in the head so hard that the metal chip that is in him pops out, and Morph is possessed by Proteus. The team is unable to land a hit on Proteus because he's pretty much able to make himself invulnerable, and so Proteus teleports away. With with both of the Hulks now out of commission, Blank swears revenge. And that's where we end for now. R.I.P. Morph. Rip, Marv. You left him behind, soldier boy. And now the context of that works pretty well. Yeah. And, yeah, we... Well, actually, they didn't leave him behind because he went forward. You left us behind, soldier boy. I left you behind, soldier boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Do we have Morph's universe on here? Morph? No, we don't. I don't actually uh, don't. No. no, so let's put Morph's uh, universe on uh, Trials of the Multiverse. Rip Morph. So it is Earth 1081. And uh, I generally liked Morph. I mean, he's a goofball, but he gets more definition over time. Yeah. And way like more than he, he had getting he has more definition i mean he's definitely better than uh mimic but mimic is pretty low i was gonna say he's better i'd say than most of the people on the team Mm-hmm. how do you feel about him compared to marvel 1602 i like Morph more than that and mm-hmm. his world seems pretty kick-ass how do you feel about it compared to little gotham universe i like it more than little gotham uh, Animal Man lost his powers. Better than Animal Man. Better than Animal Man. Better than Animal 
Marvel Heroes. Better than. Yep. Um, I like it more than Prince of Arachne and the Once in Future Marvel fan fiction. So then we get to Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. I was going to say, not as good. Yep, so right above number eight is, or now our new number eight is Earth. 1081. Morphs. Homeworld. So, our uh, current number one is still the unlikely to ever be replaced uh, what if J. Jonah Jameson adopted Spider-Man and our bottom rung is still Spidey Baby Universe yep I don't really think you can ever top Jameson being a adoptive father yeah well and that's been on there for like 10 years so like right under it is the uh, Shazam Monster Society of Evil also been on there pretty much since the beginning yeah, because that was episode 10, and I mean, Spidey Baby's been down there since episode 14. So, I mean, we have a pretty strong top and bottom. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it's good in certain lights and communities. Um, oh, my text that I was going to send you did not send. So, we did have some questions last week that I forgot to answer. Whoa, we have questions? Mm-hmm. And one of them is still relevant. What are these questions? So what the, questions uh, did we sadly not answer last week that are now no longer relevant? They're still relevant, Devin. <laughs> they're still relevant. Time is a flat circle. What did Xavier ask us now? Oh, it wasn't just Xavier, though. Don't lie, Luke. We don't have anyone else. It wasn't. We've had other people who have invited on to... Uh, who have invited us onto their podcast, but uh, what Xavier asked is, what was the best thing you've learned from doing Multiversal Q? And, uh... You go first, Evan. Believe in yourself. Basic sound editing skills. Yay! And slightly more advanced sound editing skills. Uh, Tucker, who is at The Beverage asks when will my reflection show who i am inside um yeah do you watch agents of shield because mulan's on there bam question answered wait, and really? now she's a robot wait what you know that agent may is mulan right no oh yeah agent may is mulan oh okay She's I had to put actress. that together. Yeah, she's the voice actress. It took me a long time. Well, I wouldn't say it took me a long time, but I'm still focused on the idea that uh, Nani from Lilo and Stitch was voiced by uh, the rock and roll lady from Wayne's World. Is it? Yeah, you've seen Wayne's World, right? Yeah, like a while ago. More importantly, yeah. though, I only watched Lilo and Stitch once and didn't think it was that good. <sighs> Shots fired. Hot, hot takes. takes here. Yeah. Is it uh, really that hot of a take, though? I didn't think many people really liked Leo and Stitch that much. It was one of those divisive ones where, like, there were people in my junior high school who were super into it, and I was super into it. 
Like, oh, see, I saw I it like it's... years later on TV once, and it was fine. Oh no, yeah. my brother's owned it, so he watched it on DVD. But they it had was to. Uh, fine. They had to cut out a lot of stuff that they initially wanted to put in there because it was going to be sort of anti-tourist, which would have been great if it had made it in there, but Disney. Oh, hey, that is the one from Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, Tucker asked last week, do you think there could be... Uh, do you think there could ever be a happy story about the Hulk's end? Yes. Yes. I mean, infinite universes means that there has to be at least infinite happy endings for the Hulk. That's false. Every single one of them can be unhappy. <sighs> oh. Think, think and, about uh, Uncle Ben. Let's name a happy Uncle Ben end. Ah, uh, the one where he didn't get shot, where but then he became evil. No, no, and where Peter didn't get superpowers. That world. And then he won exist. the lottery. Everything exists in the multiverse, Devin. Nope. Don't make me make it canon. Luke. Read Love Sue. <laughs> I mean, I know that you got that commission, it was drawn, but I still don't believe that that's real. <laughs> that's more just head cannon. Well, I didn't come up with that idea. Well, you know who has a really good head cannon, Devin? What? Who? You. Unicorn. Yeah. It's more of a head laser, but we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, there's gotta be some happy universes and happy endings for the Hulk out there, so. There's one where um, he and Betty are still together, especially now that she's Red Hulk. Well, no, she's not Red Hulk anymore. Oh, yeah, because they the decided there's too here. many Hulks. Too many Hulks. Which honestly, there were too many Hulks, and it was dumb. Well, yeah, because they had Rick Jones. Ugh, that guy. Rick Jones. We had Red She Hulk, regular Red Hulk. Uh, there were two you, Red Hulk. Green She Hulks. Oh yeah, I like that, Red Hulk. Fuck you, Red Hulk's bad. No, he is. He his origin was really bad, but Red he had some good Hulk stories. Red Hulk is bad. Ones. Red Hulk is bad. Red Hulk was good. Um, but yeah, Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. Uh, you can find more out about it at multiversalq.com, where we will also have image galleries up. Uh, next weekend, we're going to be tackling All-Star Superman for our episode numbered 99. Not our actual 99th episode. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast for as little as a dollar, you can support us on Patreon and get all sorts of bonus rewards. And, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, MZ, and other sites. Share the podcast if we have any new reviews. Let's quickly check if we have any reviews. Uh, if you can leave us a review, that is always super helpful oh yeah we're up to eight reviews on uh, itunes that is a five star rating devin hey look at us five stars Mm-hmm. we are full of stars 
And, uh, yeah, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at FredoFett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And, Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at AgColtreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And apparently you can find out about this podcast through my portfolio site, LukeHair.com, which I had forgotten about. So, Hey, Luke, are you, you getting uh, fired because your boss found out about your Twitter account? think that wraps us up for this week we'll see you next week for all-star superman as we get close to number 100 and our one millionth episode until then this one's for hank <laughs>